I've got Lenise Brothers waiting, and we are going to talk about really easy ways that you can support your hormonal balance through your gut health. We're going to talk about the importance of magnesium and how magnesium can support you with your mood swings. And also, she has a really beautiful message about feeling our emotions. I'm going to call her in now. Cannot wait to talk to her and share her wisdom with you. Welcome to the PMDD Healing Summit, where the world's top experts share their guidance, share some hope, and share next steps for your PMDD healing journey. My name is Charisma Whitefeather, and today I am joined by Lenise Brothers. Lenise is a registered nutritionist specializing in women's health hormones, and the menstrual cycle. She is a fellow yoga teacher, yay, and the host of the Period Story podcast. Lenise works with women who want to gain control of sugar cravings, we're going to talk about that, mood swings and hormonal acne, bloating, and headaches, as well as increase their energy levels. Lenise has helped many women with hormonal issues ranging from PCOS, PMS, fibroids, endometriosis, heavy painful, missing and irregular periods, postnatal depletion, perimenopause, and menopause, uh, it's beautiful. It's the whole, the whole spectrum of women's health. She set up her practice, Eat, Love, Move, I love that name so much, to help empower and educate women to understand their bodies, advocate for better healthcare, and to heal. Thank you, Lenise, for taking time to talk with me today and for taking time to be on the PMDD Healing Summit. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. I am absolutely honored to have you here. And I was sharing that you're a fellow yoga teacher, but you just, you go beyond. It feels like a way more holistic approach that you're, that you're taking. So let's start off right away. Tell me a little bit about your journey and why you are so passionate about healthy menstrual cycles. Yeah, so... Everyone I find that works in this space, in the healing space, tends to have some sort of healing origin story that's driven them to where they are today. And my story is based on starting my period when I was 13 with really painful periods. My mother had really painful periods. She had fibroids. My grandmother, one of my grandmothers, she was going through a terrible menopause. At, so my first view of menstruation and menopause was one that I just saw a lot of suffering and I suffered for you know all the way up until kind of my 20s or early 30s and I was always looking for different ways to have a better period but I just didn't really I was kind of shooting from here to there, not kind of scrabbling around trying to find answers. In the meantime, I worked in advertising and I loved, I loved it, but I was burnt out. Mm -hmm. And after 15 years, I was trying to figure out something else to do. I then retrained as a nutritionist and then as a yoga teacher and decided to specialize in women's health hormones and the menstrual cycle. And 
I feel that my experience has given me a lot of compassion because I get it. I know what it's like to have a really bad period, really have mood changes right before your period, sugar craving, all of that. I get it. And I feel like that gives me additional compassion and empathy because I've been there. Yeah. Oh, I hear you so many times, right? What we struggle with and when we get through that, we can we can help others with more compassion through their stories too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. So what do you think is this? So let me let me read a quote. You wrote something and I thought it was really, really, really juicy. And I think especially for us here with PMDD, I think this is just so spot on. You wrote in a blog about anxiety. One day I could sail through the day making decisions after decision without hesitation. The next I would um and ah, agonizing over the smallest thing. My period would arrive and then the switch would flip again. And I think a lot of people with PMDD, they can really relate to this switch. So what's this link between, in your view, hormones and anxiety? Yeah, that's such a great question. We we have these, when we talk about our period and our menstrual cycle, we have lots of different hormones that impact them. But if we focus today on two different hormones, so we have estrogen or estrogen, as we call it in the UK, um, and progesterone. And estrogen is our dominant hormone in the first half of our menstrual cycle. It's our feminine hormone, feminizing hormone. It's associated with energy. Then the second half of our cycle, after we ovulate, we produce progesterone, which is our calming, settling hormone. It works on the GABA receptor. So GABA is a neurotransmitter that we produce in the brain. It works on that and it works to kind of calm us down. We still have we have a second bump in estrogen after we ovulate, but that progesterone, it calms it. And the GABA works to kind of make us feel more settled and more in control. But if there's an imbalance between estrogen and progesterone, I like to think of it like it's a seesaw, you know, seesaw teeter totter in the playground and they're up and down in relation to each other, depending on where you are in your menstrual cycle. So first half of your cycle, estrogen is higher than progesterone, but then second half, you have progesterone being higher than estrogen. Mm -hmm. And if it's high, estrogen is higher than progesterone in the second half, that can lead to issues because remember I mentioned that progesterone is our calming, settling hormone. And if you have a tendency towards anxiety, as estrogen and progesterone, they drop as we go to the end of our menstrual cycle, then that can be exacerbated by an imbalance between estrogen and progesterone. It's also worth noting that estrogen is also connected with serotonin, which is our happy, we produce it in a happy chemical. We produce it in our 80% of it in our gut, our small and large intestine. And so 
if there's an imbalance there between estrogen um, and progesterone, you will feel that drop in serotonin as well, even more. So that's where anxiety comes into play. And anxiety, for some people, it, it's a spectrum. I like to think of it as a spectrum. It can be that inner critic coming out to play. <laughs> it's the, am, am I, sh should I do that? Am I qualified? Should I, you know, do I actually have the right to be there? Uh, all the way through to that kind of other end of anxiety where you don't want to leave the house is kind of getting into a lot of physical manifestations of anxiety um, all the way through to kind of self-harming behavior. And so our hormones, I like to think of them as guiding us rather than controlling us, but they have a major impact on how, if you have a tendency towards anxiety, how that manifests at the end of our, at the end of our menstrual cycle, right before our next period. That makes so much sense. And you're saying if you have a tendency towards anxiety, so are some people might have a tendency towards depression or anger or is that are those different tendencies that might come up when yeah. this is happening yeah and some people might experience all of those they might you know they might get anxious they might feel a bit they might feel depressed they might also get angry you can you know you we're kind of multifaceted creatures. We can feel all, <laughs> all things at once. We can cycle through all of those different emotions. And I, I also want to be clear when talking about this is that we're not supposed to, we're not robots. Mm. It, it's human to feel emotions mm. and it's human to feel the kind of extreme of emotions. Yeah. However, when you when you start to notice a pattern when you notice that every every cycle five days ten days before your period your next period you start to feel really angry you know i have some clients they talk about their premenstrual rage yes you want to kind of dig deeper and see what's going on there mm. let's hook right into that because that was that's one of my big symptoms with my PMDD is that rage and that anger and I know so many of you out there are also dealing with this and I just want to say if you see me looking down I'm taking notes I hope y'all out there are taking notes too in the in the community let's get right into let's talk a little bit about that anger so what what can we do what do you what's your how do we dive deeper? What do we need to ask? What questions do we need to ask? Guide us a little bit. What do we do with this rage during hell week? Yeah, well, I, I get. I think just to reiterate what I said earlier, yeah. there is an element of honoring, honoring how you feel and meeting yourself where, where you are. And that's the kind of yoga of, of this, this feeling like this, you know, there's a bit of you know, there's the work that you do to say, meet yourself where you are and not think that because we have these hormones, we're always supposed to be happy. You know, it's okay to be angry, especially if there's this kind of external angle to, angle to it, or there's a systemic 
aspect to it. Yeah. However, if it you you've been tracking your cycle for a number of months and you notice specific patterns, so you know, as I mentioned, five days, ten days before your period, you you start to feel a certain way, and you've been feeling like this for a number of months, and you can say specifically that I feel like this five days before my period, and this feeling, it lasts for this number of days, or it cycles in and out, then you have a pattern that you can then go and do something, something Mm -hmm. with, and, you know, what you do with it, I'm sure you know, the listeners or viewers will get lots of insights from this summit. But from a nutrition perspective, that's where you start to have a look at what you're eating and starting to tune in to the signals that your body is giving you as to what, what would be best for you to eat during this time of your menstrual cycle. And we we use some people they use this term intuition and intuitiveness when it comes to eating but i find that a lot of people don't really can they don't understand their intuition they don't they can't connect with it yet they're just not there and that is totally fine i would say just start to notice if you have specific cravings if you certain foods are calling to you whether there be foods like chocolate or kale you know there's no good there's no there's no bad and then start to notice what 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 sort of food you want to add to your meal from um from a kind of nutrition perspective of what I would ideally like to see my clients adding in during this time we talk specifically about magnesium and Magnesium is fantastic during this time of our cycle, but also earlier on, especially for people who have PMDD, because I mentioned that magnesium, or that I mentioned um, progesterone and GABA, that neurotransmitter in the brain. What magnesium does is that it helps that connection between progesterone and GABA in the brain. Yeah, I mean, it will happen, but it makes it a little easier, especially mm-hmm. when what we know about PMZ, PMDD is that it's not just having bad PMS, like which is a lot of people, what a lot of people think. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I really want to honor, honor that. Um, it's, it's about like this genetic, it's a genetic issue where you're, your body does not respond well to that rise in progesterone, to that second peak, second smaller peak of estrogen. And so adding in magnesium can be really helpful because all if we go to the whole second half of our menstrual cycle, because it's calming, it's it's a relax a relaxing mineral. Like if you think of it from like a muscular point of view when you you flex you're using calcium when you release you're using magnesium to relax and that it works like the same way across our body and 
Of course, you can add in a supplement, a really great magnesium supplement. I love magnesium glycinate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really great all-rounder. Um, but then you look at foods with magnesium. So your dark leafy greens, your kale, your collard, your um, chard, spring greens. Then you've also got your nuts, like your almonds, your cashews, your pistachios, your seeds. So pumpkin seeds are a fantastic way to get magnesium into your into your meals. And then you've also got um, cacao, which is, you know, we turn that into chocolate. <laughs> and what's great about um, cacao is that it actually is helpful in two respects. It contains a ton of magnesium, which is super important for helping us manage our mood. But it also contains tryptophan, which is an amino acid that helps us produce serotonin, that neurotransmitter that is fantastic for supporting our mood. Amazing. Cacao, I mean, yes. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a cup. (laughs) (laughs) So you were speaking about listening to the signals of our body. So what if like this happens to me before my period comes, I get the hugest craving for bread. I could basically eat. I don't usually eat bread at all, but I eat my, my partner's entire loaf of bread. So what signal would that be? Or what can we do about these cravings? What are they telling us? Well, it could be that, you know, you're not necessarily, um, you're not eating enough. So, you know, your body is saying, well, actually, we need some more carbohydrates because we're not necessarily, we haven't got enough in the previous meal. It could be that, you know, when you eat carbohydrates like that, you know, carbohydrates cover a mass of wide variety of food. It's bread, it's sweet potato, but it's also carrots. It's also pineapple. So, it's not, people think of carbs now and they think bread, rice, potatoes, yeah. but fruits and vegetables are car- carbohydrates as well. But when it comes to something like, like eating a lot of um, bread, that kind of activates dopamine and this pleasure that we get a lot of pressure and reward. Mm-hmm. So it could be that where your body is kind of saying, you know, I just want to feel good. And that, that, that helps you feel good. It's also that we need, I'm not really into calorie counting. I don't use it in my practice, but we know that right before a period, we do, we do need a little bit more food. Mm. We use a lot more, a little bit more energy during this time. Um, So it could be that as well. Um, But typically I find that it, there can be a blood sugar balancing issue that comes around this time. If you're getting craving for cravings for sugar, for mm-hmm. bread, for those car- things that we typically call carbohydrates, yeah. I would then say, well, look at what you're eating. Like, how are you starting your the beginning of the day? Mm-hmm. Do you have enough um, fiber in your breakfast? 
do you have enough of those good fats, those healthy fats? So the the almond butter, the avocado, the um, olive oil, like those sorts of really healthier fats. Do you have enough protein? Do you have enough grains? And especially the protein and the fats, those help balance our blood sugar levels. And right before the end of our menstrual cycle, we can have issues with blood sugar imbalance, which then also can lead to shifts in mood and shifts in energy levels and then lead to more cravings. Wow. Wow. So it's really important to have that kind of a balance. Is it a balanced diet or do you feel that, you know, in that phase when we're going towards that critical phase during the PMDD cycle, is it more important to eat a bit more protein and fats or is that individually for every person? I think, you know, it can be really individual, mm -hmm. but I do see like of all of the clients that I've worked with over the years, yeah. I see when, when they start with a breakfast that contains that really great balance of protein and fats that help balance their blood sugar levels, the fiber to keep, keep them regular, and then the greens, which add in that additional, those additional nutrients that are really beneficial for hormone and menstrual health. I do see better results in terms of being able to manage mood changes and mm -hmm. energy across the day. Awesome. That is so helpful. I love that so much. And so you were earlier saying that a lot of our hormonal balance comes from the gut. So this is that connection of how we eat could also then manifest in, in our mood swings and in how we're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. This The gut is so fascinating. And actually, before I decided to specialize in, in menstrual health and hormone health, I actually was thinking about specializing in gut health. And there's a huge connection between what happens in our gut and our hormone balance. Because our gut, so be, to be clear, when I'm talking about the gut, I'm talking about the small and large intestine in the area that we typically call our tummy. Mm -hmm. And that is where we have trillions of different um, bacteria and viruses and fungi. And we want those to be there. You know, we're not trying to eliminate all of them. And those contribute to our immune system, our immune health, our mental health, our hormone health, our digestive health. And we have a specific area in there, not area, but like specific bacteria that help us manage our estrogen level, mm -hmm. the way that we break it down, the way that it circulates through our body. Yeah. And that works with our liver, which is super, super important for, um, helping us take the estrogen that our body has produced. So in our ovaries, in our fat tissue, and then take, take it what's been used, break it down yeah. so that we can there then clear it through our bowel movements and through our, um, our urine. And so this is why adding in fiber is really important because that's what feeds 
our gut bacteria and then adding in fermented foods are really important too because that's where we introduce new types of bacteria into this kind of big we can kind of call it like it's like a whole different it's a whole world down there and all of (laughs) all of that helps to manage our balance between estrogen and progesterone but to be really clear this none of this will work unless we're having a bowel movement every day it's super super important you know we'll hear doctors say oh um every couple of days is fine and i say no it i i love it when my clients have a daily or twice or three times daily bowel movement because it means that all of the estrogen that your bot their bodies have broken down is being eliminated because when you're constipated, you produce a an, an enzyme in your gut called beta glucuronidase. And we want that to be low. When it's too high, like when you're constipated, the estrogen will start to recirculate back into your body, and that will contribute to things like mood changes, um, even more PMS symptoms. So, wow. So let's talk about that really quick about our bowel movements. I love that. Yes. So <laughs> if somebody is not having a daily bowel movement, and now you talk about fiber, fiber and fermented foods, somebody's not having a daily bowel movement, what can they do to support the bowel movement to happen? Yeah, so what I always say is that starting with breakfast, wherever you are, when you're trying to make changes, starting with that one thing, that one meal, which is in this case, we're talking about breakfast and seeing what you can add in. I love it, like the idea of addition rather than subtraction, because we live in a world where you know, we learn as women that we need to reduce, we need to restrict ourselves. And I want us to be greater and bigger. And so what can we add in? And so, you know, thinking about your typical, your typical breakfast, if you're a cereal fan, um, you know, what can you add, thinking about what you have with your cereal. So like, let's say you have a granola, you know, you're making sure that you're eating that you're having full fat milk with it for that fat. You're getting the fiber through the oats. Could you throw on some, some berries, you know, to give you kind of up, up the kind of nutrient intake in that a little bit more. Um, Could you throw on, um, maybe you could get like a spirulina powder for those greens. or, you know, could you do a smoothie? That's such a like easy way to just pack in all of these different foods in your breakfast. And it feels like most people, they have a blender. Most yeah. people, not everyone, but most people, they have a blender, whether it's a big one or a stick blender. Yeah. You just, you know, you throw in a really simple smoothie recipe is it could be ice, it could be water, it could be some sort of like milk, whether it's dairy milk or nut milk. Mm-hmm. Then you throw in a handful of kale or spinach, which can be frozen to kind of make it a bit more palatable. A handful of berries, mm-hmm. 
then you could throw in um, maybe some nut butter and then um, a banana just to kind of a lot of people it's a journey to go away from things that are like super sweet which we associate smoothies as being super sweet to being kind of a little less sweet mm-hmm. so that's something if they're looking to add more fiber starting with breakfast starting with a smoothie is a great great way to go i love that we get recipes here we're ready to go <laughs> breakfast is set breakfast is ready to go so let's let's um talk a little bit about yoga because you know i love your instagram page and please please follow lenice eat oh my gosh i wanted to say eat love pray and i didn't even <laughs> really like that movie that much but it, but i'm like wait no that's, that's not it tell me your instagram handle yeah. i'm having a total it's so it's um that my instagram handle is eat love move thank you eat love move my goodness gracious um because I love it you have like some yoga postures there it's so you bring a real like lightness and fun and an approachability to all of these sometimes very heavy topics but you have like some great things where you share certain yoga postures for different phases of your menstrual cycle so we were just sharing about food that we could do when we're feeling a bit of that PMDD coming on um, in that latter phase of our cycle what's what are some yoga postures or what kind of movements or exercises should we be doing in that phase? Yeah. So what I love about yoga is that, you know, it's not just the movement. It's also, it's not just the asana. It's also, you know, we have seven other limbs and the, for someone who has um, mood changes towards the end of their cycle, Obvious, like the if you're doing some sort of movement practice, connecting your breath is really valuable and really, you know, that inhale, but then deepening that exhale. And the reason I mentioned that is because we have this long nerve that goes from our gut all the way through our brain. It's called the vagus nerve. And it's so, so powerful in helping build this connection between our gut and our brain and helping to improve our mental health. So when you're you're kind of doing that deep yogic breathing, so like um, the uh, where you're inhaling and that, that doing that deep kind of like ocean wave breath in your throat, uh, that helps to activate that, that nerve. If you throw in some chanting mm-hmm. at the beginning, middle, or end of your practice, you know, that, that kind of ohm, you feel that in your throat. Um, even the kind of different types of breath that you, that you use, like the butterfly, uh, sorry, the bumblebee, Brahmari breath, where it's kind of like a, you feel that humming on your lips. That activates that, that nerve, goes all the way from our, our gut through our throat up into our brain it goes along the ears as well um so i love connecting with the breathing and the Mm. chanting side of yoga but even like beyond that from a movement perspective tuning into your body 
and really giving it what it needs and not forcing yourself into a really strong practice is really important because yes you can do that strong practice and you feel the endorphins of having really moved your body in an intense way but you also have to connect what's happening energetically because mm-hmm. we I think of energy like throughout our cycle almost like we are like a we have a bank account of energy and we have a lot of energy midway through our cycle and if we manage our energy well we can bank it and so we don't feel as depleted towards the end of our our menstrual cycle and because that low energy low blood sugar that can contribute to even worse moods so kind of taking a really well-rounded view of movement and what's available for you in that moment is so so valuable i hear you with that and thank you for saying the the chanting and the breathing aspect i'm all about the chanting it's one of my favorite things so just to wrap this up, because we are already at time, this has just been so juicy and enlightening. There's one breathing technique because you're just talking about breathing and I just wanna put this in there and the balancing breath or which breathing technique would you suggest for when we are feeling that anxiety, rage, whatever is our, um, what we like to go into or anything to prepare us for, you know, that week, which breath would you recommend? And could you walk us through it for just a minute or so? Yeah, sure. So um, I think, so there's, you kind of can go up a ladder when it comes to breath. A a simple breathing technique that you can do anytime, anywhere is, you know, sit where you are, either on the bed, on the floor, in a chair, feet on the ground, feet by on the ground, hands can be on your thighs, tummy, chest, and you're simply taking an inhale for two through the nose, and then exhaling for four through your nose. And then you're repeating that you're inhaling for two and then, and then you're exhaling for four and you're doing that as many times as you need. And you start to feel that shift of your mood, your energy. If you want to go deeper, there is something that's called, so balancing breath, alternate nose breathing, where you're taking your, um, your index finger and your thumb and you're kind of alternating where you're breathing. So you start with covering your right nostril with your your thumb. Inhale through your left nostril for two. Hold, release from your right nostril. Inhale through your right nostril Hold, release from your left nostril, and then you alternate that. And the benefit of doing breathing from the different side, the different nostril and covering up the other is that you're activating different parts of your brain. So you're balancing. And I find that 
really, really calming because you have to focus. You can't think of anything else. You have to focus on the nostril that you're breathing from. And that kind of helps shift the nervous system back to this calming place where you're it's, you're feeling more restful you're feeling like it affects your digestive system and you're just feeling like you're ready you're more of yourself mm. I love that just us doing that for a few moments also it's your calming voice obviously but I can really <laughs> feel that that shift it just made me sink more into myself Whew, my brain got a little bit quieter thank you for sharing that that was amazing mm beautiful yeah I can feel it mm. so that's it we are at time we are a little over time because I was selfishly asking for those breathing techniques which I'm gonna do later <laughs> <laughs> um this has been absolutely amazing because you have just given us so many important nuggets and the thing that I wrote down which I really love that you said it's human to feel emotion. And I think that's such an important reminder when we're going through the, the highs and the lows that we remember that it's human to feel emotions. And also you share that connection between our hormones and our gut. So yeah, I really love that. Thank you so much, Lenise. And out there, y'all, please share in the Facebook group all of your takeaways, all of your aha moments. Let me know what rung true. Let Lenise know what rung true for you. And um, for final words, I would like to ask you any words of hope that you have for the people watching this PMDD Healing Summit. I think to know that you, you are not your condition. You are more than your condition. And healing takes time, it's not linear, but if you're on this healing journey and you're doing, taking it step by step, meal by meal, moment by moment, you know, you're, you're even doing that, you're in a better place. So give yourself grace and know that you are not your condition. Thank you for that reminder. And please also remind us, how can we connect with you? How can we get more of you? <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so you, my website is www.eatlovemove.com. And then I'm on Instagram at eatlovemove.com. And then you can also find um, my podcast, which is called Period Story. And that's anywhere you get, uh, anywhere you get podcasts. So just search Period Story. Mm. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. And out there in the world, don't forget to eat, love, and move. <laughs> and remember, it's human to feel emotion. Bye, y'all. Hi, it's Charisma. If this expert interview inspired you or helped you in any way, please consider leaving a five-star review with your insights so other PMDD warriors like you can find these interviews and benefit from them too. You're awesome and thank you so much for being a part of this community. And remember, relief is possible. Okay, bye.